Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, we hear a message from Pastor Jana Sachuk titled Pride and Humility. All right, this week has been an incredible week. Um, I know you had a pastor last Sunday, a guest pastor. I wasn't here. I heard Adam was amazing. Thank you for being, he kept telling me multiple times this week how amazing my church is. And all he could say is, yes, they are absolutely amazing. And um, he really loved being here. He loved being a part of the discipleship school, but he said just your openness and the response to Holy Spirit, just, they were just, he was so blessed by it. And so thank you church for being you. Um, so this week, we went into talking at the discipleship school on humility and pride and brokenness and having hearts fully for God and not being led by our emotions. And it stirred in me just this challenge of I wanted to share some more for our church because it was an incredible week of really going in spiritual maturity into the depths of God for us personally. Many a tears were shed by Pastor Chris and myself and the leaders this week as we went, dove deep into this. And so I am sharing today out of a place of really God has been working on my heart. And I just feel this incredible need to share because I feel like it's an absolute necessary thing for our spiritual maturity. And I absolutely think we're ready for it. I think you're ready to just go deeper in the things of God. So uh, today... As I teach, we're going to talk about pride and humility and this brokenness that we so desire in the right way with Christ. So let's just open in prayer and just ask Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. So Heavenly Father, right now I just ask that each one of us, that we could learn from your word today. Holy Spirit, speak to us afresh today. I just ask for a fresh touch for each person in this place that you would just speak to each one of us individually. And Father God, that we could change and become more like you. God, that you would use these scriptures and the teaching today to just change our heart to be more like you, that we would be truly open vessels that want to serve you and say, yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that song, Yes, Lord. It's all those yeses that make the big picture of what we walk out in Jesus is the little yeses every day that are the game changers. <clears throat> so I was thinking about, as I was preparing for this, I thought, I remember a speaker one time saying they wrote a book on pride and humility, and it never sold. This, this author sells hundreds of thousands. This person's in 85 different languages, and um, they sold like almost nothing when they wrote a book on this. They tried to remarket it and get pride and humility off of it, and it sold some more. But eventually, they just said, it's just something the body of Christ might be scared of or whatever. And I thought, that is not us. We want all of him. We want everything that he has. So I just want us today to just know that in this process of what I'm teaching, the first and most important thing to me is that we know as a church God is good. That you know in the very core of who you are that God is a good God and that he has an incredible plan for your life. That he is a good God and he doesn't want us to stay in our old yuck, but he wants to get us into walking into the freedom with him. And if we don't have that established strong in our life, that goodness of who God is, this is going to be something that will be difficult for you to learn. And so I want us first of all, in your heart, let's just kind of close our eyes and just say, God, I know you're good. I know you have good plans for my life. I know that your ways are so much higher than my ways, and your thoughts are so much higher than my thoughts. 
and that Jesus made a way. He was an incredible example of what I'm teaching today. So, Father, I just ask that each one of us have a fresh new revelation of your goodness. Well, this, I recently read this book again. It's this little mini book here I have, Humility. You see how tiny this is? It's written in the 1800s by Andrew Murray. And you think, that's like an easy read, right? I want you to know, has anyone in this room read it? Any D school students here have read it? Yes, okay, good. Glad you read it. <laughs> but, I mean, I've read, you know, like systematic theology books are like this thick. They are an easy read compared to this. I read a sentence and I can be stuck on it. So I'm going to bring some of the sentences up today that I've been stuck on and pondering. And this is an incredible, I just tell you, it's just a few dollars on Amazon, actually, if you want to get it. It's in Old English. It's really hard to read some of the language because he's, he's South African, so the words aren't even spelled how we spell them in our English language. How the sentence structures are aren't even how we would structure them. But the content is amazing. That's all I got to say. So I'm going to quote Andrew Murray right off the bat. And this is him talking about us, like we humans. So you're going to understand how the language is a little difficult, but we're going to break it up a little. We as creatures, humans, look back to the origin and the first beginning of existence and acknowledge that it there owes everything to God. So we as humans look back to the very beginning of time, when God created the earth, he created the heavens, he created you, everything with you in mind. He knew that in 2018, you would exist on planet earth. He would know how you were knit together. He knew what your calling and giftings that he planted in you. He knew the plans for your life way back in the beginning of time. And so in that beginning, we look back and we acknowledge that in that place, we owe everything to him. It's his chief care. It's the highest virtue. It's the only happiness now and through all eternity is to present itself an empty vessel in which God can dwell and manifest his power and his goodness. What, do we, what is this saying? That we would be empty vessels. That we would be able to say, yes, God, come and fill us up. That we could dwell within us and that he would manifest his power and goodness. This is again and again in the scriptures. We've talked to, about it so many times. How Christ in us, the hope of glory. How he wants to dwell within us in that manifest power. But the key is this empty vessel that we don't get snagged up in this world. But that we are fully given to Jesus. I remember Catherine Kuhlman, there's a quote she says. She said, I can remember the day I died. That she died to all her desires, all her worldly desires. It was way after she had gone through a lot of junk. And she did not, I mean, there were things in her life that were not honoring to God. But she says, I remember the day where I just gave it all to him. And I will ask us, do we remember that day where we just surrendered fully to him? Our desire is to be a vessel that God can dwell in and manifest his power and his goodness. And the key to that is humility. It is our entire dependence on God and who he is. Jesus was our greatest example of this. It says in the scripture that he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death on the cross. Humility is our heart and mind that's humbled. Like when we think of humility, sometimes there's this false humility where you think of someone just beat up. Well, that's pride, actually. But there's this heart and mindset that's humble, and that it comes across right and godly. A humble people don't think highly of themselves, 
but they think lowly, and but they also do not think lowly of themselves. So there's this humility that we know who we are in Christ, but we aren't proud in a haughty way. Humble people don't really think about themselves at all, to be honest. That's what it means to be humble. They know who they are in Christ. They walk in boldness and courageousness. And they, they don't walk all over people, but they walk to love people and to serve them. C.S. Lewis said, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking less about yourself. I like that quote. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are we hungry? Do we thirst after righteousness? God said he'd fill us. Is that a desire of your heart? You know, pride in the Bible, it says it's the root of all evil. And it's the root of all sin. You know, pride is super dangerous. As I was studying this week, I'm like, oh my word. You know, it is the root of all evil. It's the root of all sin. And it's like a dangerous thing that if we start going down that path, that's not where God wants us. Jimmy Seibert, who... um, Pastor Adam, who is here, he runs the, the Antioch church movement, I guess you could say, church planting movement. In his, one of his famous quotes, and Adam brought it up, it's in Jimmy's books, it's when he speaks, he says this on a regular basis. He says, I am only two days away from a horrific crime. He said, if I am not in my quiet time daily, the flesh is strong, but the power of God is stronger. Isn't that a good word? I'm only two days away from a horrific crime. He's like putting himself in that. If I'm not continually walking in Christ, I could actually fall that deep off. Sin isn't like you fall off a cliff. There's like this gradual descent. The power of humility is an amazing thing. <clears throat> Andrew Murray, there's a quote. I just wanted us to, I, we have it up here. So um, it's out of humility. There's nothing so dangerous as pride. It is natural to us. It is insidious, insidious, I can't talk today, yet hidden from our sight. Pride is behind all lack of love, all indifference to the need of others and their feelings and their weaknesses. It is the source of all hasty and critical judgments, all manifestations of temper, all touchiness and irritation, all feelings of bitterness and unforgiveness come from a spirit of pride. Whoa! We don't want that in our lives, so what do we do? How do we get rid of this? It's by his grace. It's by his grace that we can live. You know, insidious means to proceed in a gradual, subtle way, but with harmful effects. Pride can be a gradual thing. And you know, today I'm at the end of this, I have a real challenge. You know, Burning Hearts was kind of birthed out of our house with a a Bible study, a prayer, kind of spending time in God's presence. But from the beginning, that whole journey, God kept saying, equip people. I want you to be an equipping center. I want you to spend time in my presence, spend spend time in my word, but equip people to bring the kingdom outside the doors. Because the greatest miracles that we've ever seen and the greatest miracles that I see in Acts are out there. The greatest moves of God are out there where people who yet know him where his signs and wonders will follow them that believe. That's outside those doors. And so as I've been challenged as a pastor in a church, you know, the thing is you always preach. Well, today I want you to know this is like a teach activation. You're going to have homework this week. Like legitly, I'm sending you home with homework that I want you to work on every day. So as I'm talking to you, I want you to know 
I've been in this place working this out. So it's not like I'm asking you to do something that Pastor Chris and I haven't been doing. Do you know what I'm saying? This is real. This is where it gets real. Ephesians 3.12 says, Because of our faith in him, we dare to have the boldness, the courage, the confidence of free access. An unreserved approach to God with freedom and without fear. We have access to him. You have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So as you go into this week when I've given you homework and God starts revealing some things in your life, this is the key. I want you to remember you have access to that throne of grace. You have access to the King of Kings. You know, our flesh might be weak, but his power is all the greater. You know, we have we have not because we ask not. There's a simple little verse. We have not because we ask not. Not asking for stuff is our flesh. I mean, that's like, we don't ask, we aren't asking for these fleshly desires. We're asking for God to move in our lives, to change us, to be more like him. And he is going to answer those prayers. He has incredible desires for you. Hebrews 4.15 for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and temptations, but one who was, has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Jesus walked this very life out on earth. He became human. He walked through temptation, yet without sinning. It's possible. He made a way for us. He died on the cross. He understands where you are. You're thinking, he doesn't understand this big mess I'm in. He doesn't understand how difficult this is, or he just doesn't understand. I want you to know he understands. Hebrews 4.15, that's in the Amplified. That's a good one to meditate on this week. Hebrews 4.16 says, therefore, since we know the therefore is therefore because what happened before there was that we know that Jesus was tempted in every way, yet did not sin. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in our time of need. An appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. He is gracious and merciful. Jesus was tempted without sin. God wants to do more than we can imagine. He wants to move in our lives more than we can imagine. You know, back to pride. It says pride is, a, you know, the definition of pride itself is to be lifted up, to be high-minded, to indulge in self-esteem or in self-confidence, and to give glory in self-achievement. Do you notice a word that's really in that definition? Self. Pride is about self. It's when we take our eyes off of him and others and focus in like this. We take up our cross and forget, and we forget <clears throat> ourselves and we follow and die and we follow and live in Christ. Just right today, we said, we're dead to sin, alive in Christ. Everyone that was baptized as the men, you know, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're dead to sin, alive in Christ. That powerful declaration over our lives, dead to sin, alive in Christ. You know, when we talk about pride, a lot of times the word boasting comes out, that you're boastful. And I, was, I found it quite funny when I looked up the definition of boasting. <laughs> 
Does anyone know it? It's the practice of quackery. Boasting's a practice of quackery. It's pretending to be something you're not. Anything that we do that is good is really Christ in us, right? Paul said, for I resolved to do nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, in this book, this little, very difficult book, Humility, (laughs) pride must die or nothing of heaven can live in me. Wow, pride must die so that Christ can bring heaven in me. You know, in a, as I was studying the scriptures on this, I found it very interesting, the correlation with all of this, that pride is a thing that can wreck relationships. I'm laying this out pretty blunt today, aren't I? But I know that in this place, we're going to come out different people. We're going to come out stronger in Christ. Philippians 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain, rather in humility. Value others above yourself. What's our goal? To value others above ourself. You know, it's it's amazing thing. I feel like the most time, as I was thinking about this, the most the most difficult place that this will be tested in our lives, and it's, I would consider it the true test of us saying we're just going to love others really well is when you are in the most difficult season of your life. If you're walking through a really difficult thing, if you're in a season where you're contending for being healed of something, or if you're in a season where there's been a death in the family or a death of a marriage or something really difficult, the biggest test for us to love others well and to not be self-absorbed is in those places. How well do we love others out of our struggle and hurt? Even when we're hurting, if we think of others and that we're not caught up in ourselves, Jesus sees our heart and he sees that in those places when you serve and love and give and say yes to him, There's a powerful blessing on that. Powerful. I love how, so I was thinking through, and I knew we wouldn't have time, but I was thinking of Joseph, and I was thinking of David, and Samuel, and different stories in the Bible where God didn't look at any flash, but he looked at the heart. He didn't look at any incredible talents or gifts. He just said, I just see the heart. And that's what he's looking for us today. Because I feel like in this teaching, the goal is that I just want us to just go before him and say, look at my heart, God. Here it is. I'm just going to be raw and vulnerable before you. Move in me. Change me. Make me more like you. So how do we deal with all this in our lives? How do we work this out? There's two ways that I can see scripturally. There's we choose to be broken and this is, Adam taught some of this in our class this week, and it was really fun. It was fun in a difficult way, let's put it that way. <laughs> there were so many Kleenex boxes used this week. One, we can choose to be broken, or two, God can crush us and bring brokenness upon us. There's a refinement that comes. So when we choose to be broken, Psalm 139 is a scripture I use almost every day in my quiet time. <laughs> Search me thoroughly, O God. Know my heart. 
test me. Know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me or any hurtful way in me and lead me to the way everlasting. Search me, O God. He says, and know my anxious thoughts, our anxious thoughts of God. That's a form of pride because we think that we're supposed to resolve it and we're supposed to, what does he say? The scriptures are so different than the world and how we do things sometimes. He says, cast all my cares on, cast your cares on me. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Psalm 139, so our first way is to choose that, to say, search me, God. Know if there's any wayward way in me. Refinement in scriptures, when I was looking at it, Man, that's intense. Israel hit refinement. I mean, you guys, if you read some of the Old Testament, they were refined, man. They did not, they went against God like all out. I'm not going to serve you. I'm building idols. And like he'd give them a chance. No way. So what happened? There was like this incredible crushing and refinement. Like he would just have, he'd move in a way to refine them. Obviously, the easier place is choose to be broken, right? (laughs) Look up the scriptures on refinement. You probably have to, that word is probably a King James version. <laughs> if you look up King James and do a Google search in your Bible app on refinement, you're going to choose to be broken. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah, last week I heard that it was a great week with Adam and he talked about for forgiveness and the yeses that we give God. And in this is the same place as those little yeses build up. When we say yes to him is the way These little yeses are going to make big, huge changes in your life. These little yeses are the things that restore marriages. The little yeses in these things in our lives are the things that restore relationships, that restore your life. It's living surrendered to God. The word, you know, Adam shared a quote, and I loved it. Obedience defines our success, not our outcome. Obedience defines your success, not the outcome of it. It's your obedience. And God is more concerned about our, our obedience and our relationship with him than anything else. So I have the ushers coming up. Here's the activation part. You all get to experience what it was like to be in the house back in the days. It's fun. We're gonna, everyone's going to get a sheet. And one side of it has pride manifestations. On the other side is humility. And I want you to fold it in half like this. And here's your homework. <laughs> You're like, Pastor Jane, <laughs> really? <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm doing this out of a place of love because I know you guys are ready for this. You're ready for it to mature and to just let this stuff go and be vessels that are fully open to him. So on the side of pride in your quiet time this week, I just want you to pick three to five things that you think are highlighted to you that you need to work on in your personal life. And you're gonna see false humility in there that whole insecurity kind of stuff, and you're also going to see boastful kind of pride things. There's many forms that pride manifests. Then I want you to turn to the other side. This is a little more fun because I want hope restored. God is working in us. He's doing amazing work in us. We might not be perfect yet, but he's doing good things in us. So I want you to pick three to five things on the humility side that you see in your life and just thank him like, God, you're already working in my life. I see these areas being fruitful in my life. Now here's the next step challenge. Give this to your spouse or someone who knows you really well and have them pick three to five things on both sides. Ouch. I want you to know Ted picked the same ones I picked about me. I was like, oh man, God, I really got to work on this. It hurts. (laughs) Yeah, it's humbling. But then look at the 
humility side and see and be encouraged what God's doing. Because I know as we start to work on them, he is faithful. What is that? We boldly go before that throne of grace. We know that he's going to help us mature in the things of him. So with your homework this week, teacher here, I'm going to say, I want you to just have your daily quiet time, you know, where you spend time reading and reading the Bible and praying. And then you're going to go through your sheet, and he will obviously highlight some things to work on. But I don't want you to stay stuck there, because he gave you these things to work on. Why? So that you can give them over to him and get rid of it. Ask him for forgiveness. Ask him to take these things out of you, these desires out of you, these insecurities, whatever it is, and say, okay, Father, show me your goodness through the word, what it looks like to walk holy in these things. You know, some of us have bad thinking about it, and just allow the word of God to speak to you this week on how to be restored in these areas. And then with the humility, thank him and stay in that place. Those areas that are highlighted of humility, thank him for what he's doing. And then, like I said, Pray bold and courageous prayers. I mean, I want us to go radically after this, you guys, that we would be bold and courageous this week. Let's look at Hebrews 4.16 one more time. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. An appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Amen. We're going to boldly approach the throne of grace because remember that therefore was therefore because Jesus already showed the way. So look at Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 and just let God use those in your life this week to just begin to work in our hearts. Okay? Let's stand up. Don't you love when God challenges you? You know what? You'll love it better next week after you start working out some of this stuff. <laughs> I want you to know, I'm like, I say this with all, like, I'm there with you. This is my homework for the week. You know, I'm there with you doing this. Chris and I have had many tears this week over God just working in our hearts. So I'm not saying that I have this figured out or I'm doing this out of the perfect place. I don't have every side, every check on humility side figured out, and I don't have all of the ones on the other side not checked. You know what I'm saying? We're working this out. But I know he's an amazing God, and he wants us. The thing the Lord kept speaking to me is he wants to bring us into a spiritual maturity, and this is the way it goes. I just kept getting this word about spiritual maturity. And I was telling some staff members this morning as we were praying and just talking about the service a little bit, I said, I just want to say, no more milk. <laughs> You know, in the scripture it says, you know, we're done with milk. We're going to go on to the meat and just grow deeper. And I'm just like, you guys, this is our season of spiritual maturity, of going deep. I have this amazing church that just loves God and is already going deep. So let's just go deep together, right? Let's just go love him and love our city better. Let's just be those vessels that are so open for him to fill us, just like Andrew Murray talked about. So, Father God, we just commit our lives to you right now. We just lay before you any areas in our life that don't honor you. And, God, we ask that you just fill us with your goodness. Let your goodness pass us by, God. That you would just fill us afresh today with your Holy Spirit. That as we go and work on these things this week, 
that what shifts in our life is this unsatiable thirst and hunger for you, for your word, for your presence, to go deeper in the things of you, to be people that are activated, to see a city changed, to see nations changed. Father, we just ask that we don't miss all the steps, though, in between. That we just sit before you and say, search us, oh God. See if there's any wayward way in us. God, just search us this week. We just ask for just a deep heart work this week. And as you move on our lives, Father, we just boldly and radically are going to come before that throne of grace and say, yes, Papa, you're so good to reveal this to me and to shift and change it in my life. Father, I pray that this would deepen our relationships with one another, that this would deepen our relationship with you, God. I pray just a healing and a freedom to come for marriages and families and relationships through this process that you're putting us in this week, God. And Father, I just thank you that you haven't forgotten us and that you are faithful to bring all these things to completion in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we'd love to have you join us for one of our Sunday services at 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.